lost the mic somehow. I don't even know if he's still working. I don't. I know for damn sure. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. But football is back. We are back. And this is a return episode of the From the Stands podcast, buddy. Good to see you on here again. I'm just glad to be back. What a time. Football came back last night. Like, just what a time. What a time. Blue Jays are rolling. Hockey's around the corner. Basketball's coming. And we're joined by friend of the show, Connor Murphy. Murph, football's back, baby. And Chris John and all those are red again. Things are great. Everything's wow. great. Yes, things, sir. Things are, things are coming up, Murph, except for everyone on my fantasy teams keep getting hurt. But whatever. You know, that's, hey, that's football, baby. That's football. And Florida State University, but we're not going to talk about that here. Dude, they outpunched their weight. I'm so thrilled with what I saw the other day. <laughs> Look, do you want to do a separate let, podcast let's about take, that? Hey, let's take two minutes on Florida State right now because Sick. I watched the game, and I just want to say, for the first time since – um, for, the, for the first time since Jimbo left, this looked like a team with purpose, with direction, and with fight. And, you know, we, we say that, you know, the fight thing, we say that sort of, you know, almost, it's almost nauseating how much we talk about fight when it comes to football. But that was a team that was clearly engaged in the game. It was a team that clearly belonged, right? Like, you know, it's not like they're not playing in the SEC and Florida State was getting waxed all the time so it this looked like a team who cared looks like a team with direction and purpose and i'm thrilled with where they're going i guess it all one depends more on what you think of their opponent though notre dame is notre good dame. man yeah, notre dame good. is good that like i think we're gonna look back and then i want to let connor go because this is his squad notre dame is they're what number nine right now i think they have an outside shot at the playoff i thought florida state it notre dame didn't you know, it's not like Notre Dame dominated the game and, you know, Florida State just found a way to hung, hang around. Like, Notre Dame played really well and Florida State was punching back. It was really great to see. Well, I think there's a legit chance the ACC misses the playoff and Notre Dame's the team that gets in. Like, I, 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 I very much think Especially after possible. what we saw from Clemson? Absolutely. Yeah. But like you said with fight, right? Like, LSU went to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA and looked like they weren't ready to go. Like, it matters. Like... UCLA was ready to fight. They, I mean, they tackled when they had to. They played with a bit of bite, and they beat a bunch of blue-chip talent that had no business losing to that UCLA squad. And then Chip Kelly had one of the wildest quotes of all time, but we'll leave that one here. And Brian actually, you know what? I, I, sorry, Brian Kelly. I can't leave it here. That was crazy. Well, when he's talking about murdering his own players? Yeah, and he's, like, referencing like, some guy who said uh, execution. Referencing that is fine if you haven't killed a student. Oh my god! But like he has, so he can't. No, no, Brian Kelly absolutely cannot. Um, that's right. I, I messed that up. It wasn't Chip Kelly. It was Brian Kelly. Right? It's a different game. Too many Kellys in college football. I'll put them all in the Thunderdome. <laughs> well, let's get away from the kids and let's get to get to the men here. Football was back last night, and boy, was it glorious! So let's start with that game. Quick thoughts. Um, you know what? I'm going to roll. I'm going to just going to just going to drop a little nugget here because I, I want to talk about Dak. I'm sure we want to talk about Brady. Can I start with Zeke? What's going sure. on here? Take the reins, Ombre. I'm asking you guys because there were numerous possessions where Tony Pollard was starting the possession as RB1. I know that I know Tampa 
is like the best run defense in the league and they were last year. So like uh, strategically you want to throw the ball, but you got to keep them a little honest. Don't you? Tony Pollard being on the field is one thing. I get it. We want to play the passing game. Tony Pollard being better is the problem, right? Like if I get it, you know, part of that's game flow. I think honestly, Indianapolis just gave Naheem Hines almost $19 million, 12 million guaranteed. There are going to be games where Jonathan Taylor's not going to be on the field as much. And it's going to make Taylor owners crazy. But at no point are we going to suggest that Naheem Hines, although we lead at what he does, is better than Jonathan Taylor. The problem here is that there's been there's an argument to be made over the past 12 months that Pollard has been better than Zeke. Yes. And we saw it last night, and that's obviously bad. I'm going to be an old man yelling at the clouds, and it's not a good sign that freaking we've seen Zeke pre-contract, and we've seen how hungry he was, and we've seen him post-contract, and like, I like I get it. Like, you're playing against the best run defense in the league. Like, first game back with Dak in a long time. Maybe the first quarter, you know, you you could you could sell me on the first quarter him getting into the flow of things, but I think there was maybe one run yesterday where I was like, oh, that's what Zeke looks like when he gives a shit. Like that was awesome. To, that was fun to watch. He's falling forward. He's hitting linebackers. Like he looks like he cares. That's the problem with helmet sports too, right? Like it, we we can't really tell what their body language is, but it's still like, okay, man. Like I've seen you when you're hungry, and I've seen you when you're not. Like this this is almost a red flag. Well, again, I think that we can criticize what Zeke looked like while also complimenting the, the Bucks, like Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. Like they were animals yesterday. And yep. Barrett is Barrett is on a different planet. When you give him help, and they give him help with the two pigs inside and JPP on the other mm-hmm. edge. I mean, you can't. You you Vita can't. Vea is He's ridiculous. too quick. Vita, Vita Vea is. is is a, is a Mack truck that he drives through the offensive line. He, he takes 300-pound linemen and, like, mauls them. He is an absolute animal. I, and I read somewhere that, like, oh, maybe Tampa's going to pick, you know, with, with the fifth-year option, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he hasn't lived up to the, the being the 12th pick. It's like, did you watch the game? Did you watch, did you watch the, the game? Playoffs? He's in the backfield all the time. All the time. All the time. And, you, and as a tackle. So, I, and I think, so I think, again – give Tampa credit there, give Dallas credit. Their game plan almost worked. We're not going to run the ball. Our three to four yard throws are going to be our runs. And it almost worked. <clears throat> now, I want to get quick thoughts here, guys, on Zach, on, on Dak. Because obviously he was a big story coming into this. Hasn't played, you know, re- meaningful football in almost a year. I thought he looked good. I, I think that, you know, there was, there was definitely, I think, a little bit of rust. And he left some throws short, was behind some guys, but he can't be perfect. And I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. And if he's pretty good, this offense with those weapons is scary. Now the defense was opportunistic. I thought underwhelming, but opportunistic at least. I think Tampa shot themselves in the foot more than, more than Dallas made them. But what do you guys think of Dak? I, I think, again, I'm interested to hear what you guys thought. Why don't we start with you? He looked great. Yeah? He looked great. I mean, if if I'd been in a coma and I woke up yesterday and I had no idea that he hurt himself, I would have thought that he just, like, on a couple of throws, maybe had, like, the first game of the season jitters. They're going to win the division. He looked awesome. Like, I I don't have a lot to say on it because he just – he looked great. He really did. He's a top-five quarterback. He looked awesome. His arm looked particularly dangerous, right? I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think um, Dan Orlovsky, I think, broke it down um, this morning. 
but he was talking about how initially he wasn't transferring the weight to get into the throws. And then all of a sudden he got warm and then was throwing fucking rifles at people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other, the only other thing I want to say about this game outside of Dak, who I thought was as good as you can be two things. Number one, Tom Brady makes no sense, right? Like no sense at all. It makes no No sense. sense. He makes checks at the line, which we expect. And then is throwing rockets. Like at 44, we watch, you know, and now obviously next surgery, everything else. We watch, you know, Peyton Manning throw, you know, Dust. wobblers out yeah. there all the time. When he was early 40s, late 30s, Drew Brees, we saw last year. Tom Brady's 44 and throwing laser beams. It's incredible. It's incredible how good he is. Like, if we're talking about the greatest athletes ever, it's like Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Like, I, I, I just think those people are on another planet, right? Um, and then I know you the hate him, but, I, you got, but you got to put Tiger in that category too. I sure. know you hate him, but the the other guy, the other thing we got to mention too is that we I wanted to bless CD Lamb as like he's the best Cowboys receiver, and started with some drops and then really got going. Amari Cooper is still so good, mm-hmm. and if Devontae Adams didn't exist, Amari Cooper would be the best route runner in the league, and he showed it last night. He was. And it wasn't, you know, he was getting covered mostly by Carlton Davis. It was, it was an annihilation by Amari Cooper. He was, he was welcoming everybody back to the Cooper show. He was, he was doing that even with like help over the top too, right? Like he was finding ways to get like that second level. You could tell they were giving him a little bit of freedom to cut however he needed to, if he wasn't the primary route. So it was just like, it was just, it was awesome to watch. Honestly, I feel like he took like a lot of people saying CD was the best on that team to heart. Like even they, they opened the first episode of hard knocks by talking about how great CD Lamb was like, we didn't see Cooper until like episode three. Right. And that's how, and look, I I love, 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 love CD lamb, but it was real. It was awesome to see that kind of fight out of Cooper to come out here and say, no F you guys, like you guys, you guys forgot what I can do. Watch this. Well, I think that that's what makes Dallas scary on offense, right? Because even Gallup, even Gallup played really well. Right. And who's, uh, who's their slot guy. Um, Number one. Uh, he returns punts for them too. Even he had a couple moments. So I thought, again, th- I think that's what really makes them, what makes them dangerous. And it was awesome to see moral victory for the Cowboys, I guess. Uh, I'm not overly sure I believe in moral victories in a 17-game season where every win is so important. But reigning champs at home, thank you. Ian just messaged in the group, Cedric Wilson. Thank you. I thought he was good too. It's just, they have a lot of ways to beat you. Ian, 30 seconds before we move on to uh, to the fantasy piece. I was texting Connor yesterday, watching Micah Parsons in, in coverage, saying all the reasons why I'm not worried. And then in brackets, I'm like, I'm freaking out and fucking worried. So 30 seconds, talk me off a ledge why I shouldn't be worried about Micah Parsons' first game. Warren Sharp pointed out that he was lost on Twitter and it's just nonsense, right? Like, you know, he had this technique where he tried to stop the run first and it was play action and he turned and sprinted to the, to the pylon, which is what you're supposed to do. Everyone ripped him on Twitter and everything else. Micah Parsons is going to be just fine, right? Like your first game is against the greatest football player that will ever exist. So it's going to get better. Uh, He's still so fast. Uh, I just want to see, we need to continue to see the improvement in coverage. Parsons is going to be fantastic. He's the guy. Stick with it. Sticking with it. I am. I am. 
and uh, really quick, their linebacker rotations are so fucking weird. They have like four middle linebackers. They like play Van, Van Der Esch and Neal in some situations. And then Parsons and the other guy are playing. Jalen Smith it, is like really bad. Jalen Smith. It, it was, He's really it was, bad. It was just weird. It, it, it was weird. But anyways, we could have talked an entire podcast about last night's game. We didn't touch Antonio Brown. We didn't touch uh, leaving Tom Brady a minute 34. We didn't touch the CeeDee Lamb third and long. And then all of a sudden they can't get another first down to ice the game. Uh, Greg DeLeg all of a sudden going into into witness protection program. We didn't touch any of that. But we have a few things we want to get to. First, being fantasy football. We did this last year as well. We know that most of you listening have already done your drafts. We came up with these before the game yesterday. But these are definitely people that we either think that you should be targeting to help you win your season or looking to move if they are on your team. So we're doing another, another edition of buy or sell. We got three guys each under both category. So Connor, let's start with you. Throw out your first fantasy player that you were buying for the 21, well, I guess it's only 21, but 2021-2022 season. Uh, first one, Trevor Lawrence, average ADP 110. It's a little bit of a homer pick because I got him in Dynasty, but I'll tell you why I love him. Uh, Urban Meyer's an idiot. He's going to play these teams out of games. He's going to have to, and he, Lawrence is going to have to try to throw his way back into him, and he can use his legs. Like Lawrence, yes, Fields is faster than him in his 40 time. Lawrence is much better with his legs in college than Fields was. I think we're going to see a lot of Lawrence either having to scramble or doing design runs, just trying to get this ball up the field. Like they're going to hit a point where they're just going to have no idea how to do it. And whether it's through Lawrence audibling or them, you know, Urban Meyer just calling really weird stuff. Next to the nose wise, if you're a Jags fan, it's going to suck watching. But fantasy wise, <laughs> like it, it's all you care about is points. If you're getting Trevor Lawrence, like right around that 110 range, I think it's a really good value. Ian, any thoughts on Lawrence? Other And also, I just realized that I had my internal microphone on. So audio is going to be absolutely terrible for the first 12 minutes, but we rally. Oh, I was here. I coughed like the first five minutes. So it's all good. Ian, any thoughts on Lawrence? <laughs> Being a rookie quarterback is really hard. And I think, I think the thing I'd like to see with Lawrence is, you know, Wilson has Corey Davis. And I like Corey Davis. Corey Davis is good. Like, we're not going to get carried away on this podcast, but Corey Davis is really good. Um, you know, Fields obviously has Allen Robinson, who I'm getting to. Um, you know, in Jacksonville, it's like Chark, okay? You know, like LaVisca Cheneau. You know, I like Marvin Jones just fine. You know, I, I guess I wish, you know, there was a marquee guy. You know what I mean? Like, someone that's going to make it easy on him. And, and because it's going to be hard, mostly because that offensive line is dreadful, like beyond dreadful, and they spend a ton on it. You know, so, so I, do, I do have major concerns about how they're going to handle that. Because, you know, we, we, can't, you know we, we always say security blanket, security blanket. Well, I'm not necessarily saying he needs to have Jason Witten. But it'd be nice to have a guy that just I can constantly rely on. So, you know, am I jumping up and down to get Lawrence as my QB1 in like normal leagues? Probably not. But if I get him late and can stack him with, you know, a, a more reliable guy like a, I don't know, like a Stafford or something like that, I don't mind it. I, I just have concerns right away with going in with Lawrence as your QB1 week one. I'd like to see what we have first. But yeah, I, I do agree with Connor. I think, you know, people underestimate a lot like they did with Aaron Rodgers early that he can use his legs. So don't underestimate that with Wilson. 
or with Lawrence, I should say. One, yeah. one more thing on Lawrence real quick. Uh, I think them playing Houston week one is the biggest confidence builder that he could possibly <laughs> potentially have built into. Very true. That That's the only like that. I, I just, I think this is weirdly set up for like, despite urban Meyer being largely an asshat. Like I, I think this is weirdly set up for low. Like if there was a, if there was a perfect scenario for him to come in without him having a fringe wide receiver one, like Ian said, I think this is the script. Well, I'm going to jump into mine. Uh, Lawrence, you know, again, He's going to play. He's going to get all the run in the world. So, and like Ian said, I like him as a QB two. that, you know, right now, a high, right st- now. a good streamer. But again, in the, what was the ADP you said? Like 110, 110. Good value. Um, I full transparency. I had Curtis Samuel as the guy that I was buying heavily for this year, having 212 fantasy points last year. And I just really like the position he's in now, even though I know, uh, Carolina. He's just, a good, he's just a good football player. With Washington, yep. I thought he was going to be really, really, really good. But obviously, he's on IR, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, he's at least three weeks. So I did not include him in here, but I wanted to mention Curtis Samuel. I'm going to go Aaron Jones. I know this isn't the wildest pick, or you know, you're getting a crazy value, or you know, he's getting drafted in the third round or anything like that. I know he's getting drafted as RB seven. He finished RB five last year, and. Without Jamal Williams, fantasy is all about touches, touches in production, right? His touches can't go down without Jamal Williams. I, I love A.J. Dillon as much as the next guy, but it's not like that guy's coming in on third down. Could he vulture some touchdowns? Probably. But I, I think in a shit division with a pissed off Aaron Rodgers, I really feel that like RB, RB4, RB5 is literally the floor for this guy, short of, short of getting hurt. So I would take him ahead of guys like Barkley and Kamara in, the, in this format. And I just think he's going to get the ball a ton. I think they're going to score a lot of points. Rodgers loves using him and he can catch passes. I, I know it's not the craziest pick, but Aaron Jones is my first buy. Seeing a lot of people take him late too. That's what's weird to me is like a, the, all the redraft leagues that I'm in, a lot of people are taking him like bottom end of the first round and it's, it's kind of blowing my mind. He's really freaking good, especially for fantasy. So I, I did it by position. So I'm going to go with the first position that I have listed here and that's quarterback, obviously. And the quarterback I am buying and I would like to buy a lot of is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield finished the last six weeks of the season as QB7. QB7. You know who was better than him in those weeks? Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Tana Thrill, Kirk Cousins, and Lamar. That's it. That's the list. OBJ's back. Somehow that offensive line is even better. You know, Chubb and Hunt give them a really nice balance. And by the way, Donovan Peoples-Jones is legit. That guy's Mm going to be something. Michigan, by the way. At the end of the day, it comes down to one thing, right? Like, the reason I'm buying Baker's is because I'm buying Stefanski. What Stefanski did with Baker was he gave him that. You remember that? Remember his first, that rookie season when Baker was playing with so much like spite and hatred towards Hugh Jackson that he was just swinging yep. the ball around. Everyone's like, holy shit, that's Brett Favre, right? You know, we saw a little bit of that last season without the recklessness obviously but we saw that swagger that came back that made him the number one pick coming out of Oklahoma at the end of the day Baker needs to play with confidence right I think it was Mina Kimes who said you know the best quarterbacks either think they are God or believe heavily in God and 
Baker definitely believes that he's God and we need him as Baker buyers. We need him to continue to feel that way in order to continue his rise. I like Baker's a top 10 guy this year. Baker, bye. So then you like him as a top 10 guy. He's getting drafted as QB 14. I yes, like that because so- guys like Stafford, Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow are all being drafted over him. And in some instances, Matt Ryan. That's I love me. Joe Burrow. Okay. I, I love, love Joe no, Burrow. No, no, I love Joe Burrow. Too. Him getting drafted before Baker is outlandish considering his leg was in half a year ago. We're, we're going to get there too. Uh, I love it. I think it's a great, it's a great, I don't like Baker Mayfield personally, but I love his situation. You're hundred percent right. Guy showed out last year. And <clears throat> I think Cleveland was like the, I th- we talked about this before the season last year where Everyone was slurping Cleveland as like, they're the team they're, they're on the come up. And, and then you had the go, you have pundits go the complete opposite way. Like, Oh, everyone's slurping Cleveland. What have they done? And I remember telling you guys, like, I, I actually believe that Cleveland is going to be good. They ended up being good. Baker was a big part of that. They didn't have OBJ. I don't know what we're going to get out of OBJ, but I think we now know what we're going to get out of Baker. And, and I, I really like that one. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Good Connor, give, give us your second buy. I'm going tight end here. Robert Tanyan has a lower ADP than guys like Dallas Goddard who have the split share with another tight end. That's it. It's just, it's that simple. Like I I really like Robert Tanyan this year. I like him with Rogers. He's a red zone threat. Period. Boom. If you miss out, if you miss out on one of the first four tight ends, I think you get really good value there. So I have him going at, tight end eight which is just ahead of phantom goddard but i think the point still stands connor these two should these two should be a top five guy why why is zach Ertz still on the team why the hell is he still on the team like it's so frustrating that like just turn him loose what are we doing that's where it's tough to like separate the x's and o's from this fantasy stuff is like i dallas goddard should be a top five tight end in the league all day but because yeah but because of what he has to put up with as far as like who he has to yes. share like yeah like who he has to share volume with is insane like and the fact that people are i it, it's blowing my mind same thing with noah Fant, right tons of weapons on denver i don't know why he's being taken so much higher than tanya is and when aaron Rodgers likes someone he, he loves them. him he loves them and that's the thing he's going to target him in the red zone he's not going to be and his like, guy Who's gonna? He's not the move the sticks guy. That's always gonna be Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones out of the backfield, but he loves that big body down low. And I, trust me, I tried to ride the tight end train. Who was? It was Jimmy Graham. I think was there for a couple of years, and I kept drafting him, and it was just didn't work out well. And it turns out just because Jimmy Graham just didn't wasn't good at football anymore. But I really like Tanya. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, like it's a, it's a good one if you miss out on like that weird early tight end run that I feel like keeps happening because I feel like it's everyone's like jockeying for position to make sure they try to get at least Andrews or Pitts. Exactly. It, it, like if you miss out on the top three, then it's like, who can, who is up next to take yep. Hawkinson, look, Andrews or Pitts? I adore Pitts. I do. But name me one tight end in the history of the league that has come in as a rookie. and been a top five tight end. It does not I mean, exist. I can't, but I was thinking, we've had this argument so much hates. offline. <laughs> I was thinking I Gates, but I, I might be wrong. I, it, but then, I adore it, but then, Pitts. But then again, I adore the, Pitts. The retort would be Pitts is Kelsey. Pitts is going to be Kelsey. The retort would be name a tight end that was picked fourth, fourth overall. 
And a lot of people were saying it's because Kellen Winslow, wasn't he picked high too? Not for Eric Ebron was picked in the top 10. I, again, I, but I think that, that again, that people would argue he's not a tight end. He just plays tight end. But Fair. again, I, he's going to be dis- lined up outside a lot this year. Like I a don't, weirdly effed up amount. I don't disagree. I'm going to get to my second one just so Ian can yell at me. Don't because, take it. Because don't. if you no, take no, no, my no. guy, I'm not taking your guy. Cause I had, he's an honorable mention for me. I had your guy written down and then I kept looking and I hate myself for this. I absolutely hate myself for this, but I have to do it. Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh my God. I know that Colvett. Do I, do I really want a guy? Do I get points for wide receiver blocking in this league? Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster finishes wide receiver 15 last year. It's disgusting. Wide wide receiver. That's disgusting. With who? Dwayne Haskins and who's the guy who got hit by Miles Garrett with his own helmet? No, it wasn't Haskins wasn't there yet. It was Mason Rudolph. That's it. Mason Rudolph. Yes, yes. And like Josh Dobbs. He's being drafted as Mason wide Rudolph got hit. He's being drafted as wide receiver 30. Like I, again, I'm not saying I'm comfortable with Juju as like my obviously not as my number one wide receiver on a fantasy team. Probably don't love it as my number two, but he's being drafted as a wide receiver 30. He finished top. Chase Claypool had like 40 points in a week and Juju still finished higher than him. He finished higher than drop, drop Deontay Johnson. Like this is, I don't say that I like, he literally cursed the Steelers last year. He actually cursed them with the Brown stuff, like with the dancing and all the, I, I'm with you hundred percent, but wide receiver 30 is, is ridiculous. Like Mike Phil Thomas isn't even playing football and he's getting drafted before him. Jamar chase is a rookie. Right, third on the depth. Yeah, chart. we need to chill on that too. Kenny Galladay. It's T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, then Jamar Chase. Kenny Galladay is going to be drafted before him. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Brandon Ayuk is getting drafted way before Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, again, I'm not saying he's my favorite football player, but he as wide receiver 30. That is a buy. That is a buy. It's value. I'm sorry, it's value. Look. This one's easy. And I'm going to stick with the same position that we've all been talking about. Or at least Sean just talked about. Can I guess? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is going to be wide receiver one, period. Done. Wide receiver one. Lock it in. That is a lock. First lock of the season right there. He's going to be wide receiver one. Everyone's freaking out because, oh, Julio's gone. Calvin's going going to get the treatment. You know, Calvin averaged 107 yards per game in the games, the eight games Julio didn't play last year. 107. And we're not even taught, and he got three touchdowns. You think those touchdowns may go up with him being the focal point of their game plan? I think so. I think so. Calvin Ridley, like, the, I watched, I, I was doing Sean's draft with him, and he's texting me. And Calvin Ridley's there at, like, 20. And, second and, round. Second round. And, and I'm staggered. I'm staggered. It, he, look, it's. I know. I took Adams before is, him. When you're in the draft, almost, Adams like, is in his own tier. I get that. Adams is in his own tier. Yep. But, like. When we're talking about when we're talking about the wide receivers, it, it needs to be Adams, Ridley Hill, then everyone else. Ridley like, before Hill. Wow. Those two are lockstep. And, and look, Tyreek Hill has Pat Mahomes, okay? And does this really good thing where he just runs by people. So where he's a freak of nature. Yeah, Tyreek is unbelievable. Tyreek should be in the two, three range. But Calvin Ridley. The, the, the thing the thing about the Adams stuff is that you could see touchdown regression there. 
Yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, in the red zone now, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. It's not close, but you could see some touch, some, some regression there. And I think you're going to see Ridley go up in that. Ridley is a what is the number one wide receiver this year in stone. I but again, I think that's kind of in the in the vein of my Aaron Jones pick. He's a top five wide receiver getting drafted right now, top five, top six. And he has a chance to be wide receiver one. Agreed. It's a good, it's a good gamble to take. Aaron Jones has a chance to be running back one. It's a good gamble to take, especially where they're being if drafted. If someone in your league takes like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams before Calvin Ridley is acceptable. If someone in your league took any other wide receiver above Calvin Ridley, you have my blessing to publicly ridicule them. Well, let's get to our last ones quickly here so we can get to the cells. Um, Ian, quickly, who's your last buy? And and then we'll get to honorable mentions at the end. By the way, if you think that my last buy is going to be me not going in on legit my favorite player in the entire league, then you're out of your mind. Favorite offensive player in the league. That's Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is at buy this year. Did you know that Allen Robinson has not dropped a pass beyond 20 yards since 2016? That's five years. That means he dropped the pass when Blake Bortles threw it to him. That is. It's been Mitch, basically. It's unbelievable yeah. what we're talking about with Robinson. He leads the league in contested catches. He has a 1% drop rate. One. And is still a target hound. An absolute hound. And all of this, despite having literally the worst quarterback situation in the entire league, for the last half decade, maybe mm-hmm. even more. He did get that magical 2015 Bortles year. Yep. What a ride garbage time Bortles was that. <laughs> Look, Dalton obviously is not going to be much more, much better than Foles and Trubisky. Like, obviously I get that. But Justin Fields will be. And mm-hmm. he's going to take the, take the reins eventually. Allen Robinson is going to go from the least accurate garbage bin quarterbacks, dumpster fire quarterbacks, between Bortles, Foles, and Trubisky to the most accurate passer in college football in Justin Fields. People don't understand how unbelievable this guy's ball placement is. Allen Robinson is used to fighting off nine people while Blake Bortles throws him a grenade. Now he's going to be standing in the end zone, double covered, and the ball's going to be right in his hands. This is a buy. Fields and Robinson together could be like a football orgasm for me. He's going, Robinson's going as a wide receiver too in most leagues. That is a heist. Go get Allen Robinson. I agree with you 100%. Nothing more to say. Connor, who's your last buy? Uh, I've been on the Chris Godwin's better than Evans train since the playoffs Ooh, last year. Spicy. And I, I'm going to stick with it. I think people that are taking Evans above, above Godwin are ridiculous at this point. You can only cover so many wide receivers and Bronk. Godwin, up until yesterday, hadn't he hadn't dropped a pass in how many games? I'd, I'd have to look the stat up. It's ridiculous. The guy's got great hands. He runs great routes. He finds ways to get open when he's given those routes where he has like the option to basically just find a soft spot. He's exactly what Tom Brady wants in like basically he's pretty much always going to be the second option. I feel like no matter what's going on, because either Brown's going to be the decoy or Evans is. I just, I I really, I, I really think this is the year where Godwin has more receiving yards than Evans does. And Evans is a guy that is very, very conscious of how many receiving yards he has. It was either last year or the year before where they force-fed him the last game of the year to make sure he hit 1,000. I just need Godwin to stay on the field. If Godwin can stay on the field, we're good. Yep, we're good. totally agree. Names of players getting drafted before Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin because they are both 13th and 14th in ADP, respectively. Okay, so Wide receiver twos. Okay. 
in most Ke- leagues. Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, CD Lamb. Cooper what Cup. What the fuck are we doing? I've got Cooper <laughs> Cup ahead of Godwin and what I'm looking at. <laughs> That's probably PPR. I tried to do standard. Cooper, Cooper Cup would Cup. definitely oh my God, be going higher Cup. than PPR. Uh, my last one's easy. It's Trey Lance. He's going QB 20. Ooh. He's going QB 20. Okay, so a low-end QB2, if not the last QB2. I, it has to be Trey Lance. It, it, again, you, you need it in fantasy these days, you need a QB that can run. He's that. Jimmy Garoppolo's not holding this job after week three. They have ambitions of winning the Super Bowl. Trey Lance is coming in. If Trey Lance was announced the starter, where would, where would he have been drafted? Top what? 10. For sure. For sure, 100% put it in stone. He would have been... Higher than Lawrence, he would have been higher than he would have been in that Agreed. Matt Stafford range, right? Agreed. If not higher than that, so if you I mean, can buy, he's got to at least be where Jalen Hurts is. At if, least, at least, if you can buy him as a QB twenty, you you gotta you gotta buy Trey Lance. Uh, quick honorable mentions for me, uh, David Montgomery. Mm. It's vanilla, but guy was RB three or RB four last year, so he's getting drafted as what is he getting drafted as RB fifteen this year. So again, if if he's your RB two, be happy. It's not the sexiest pick, but be happy. And I'm going to buy Russell Gage. No Julio Jones, who <clears throat> we might get to, uh, and finished wide receiver 37 last year when he did have Julio. And Gage is getting picked at like wide receiver 50 or something crazy like that. So I am I like buying those. Russell Gage and David Montgomery. Any must drafts, Ian? Before we move on, Antonio Gibson's a must draft. Potentially yep. top six, top seven guy. This is Antonio Gibson. He's a lock to be top 10. Improved offense. Tannehill's going to help. You know, the only thing that get in his way is J.D. McKissick soaking up all the passing downs. I don't see that happening. Gibson, lock him in. James Robinson, another guy. Top 10, locked in. You know, like, at the end of the day, a lot of this in fantasy football is about volume. Robinson's going to get that volume now. And there's no pass catching back to screw with him. Etienne would have. Hyde won't. This is absolutely a James Robinson year. Top 10. Robinson can still catch the ball. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and, and James, <laughs> James Robinson is better than some running backs going in the top six or seven. Looking at you, Ezekiel Elliott. Couple James more. Couple more. Corey Davis. The amount um, of target share. Everyone is calling that. We can move on. Corey Davis. The amount of target share from Corey Davis. Yes. I like can I, Corey can Davis. Can I go deeper than that? Can I drop an Elijah Moore in there? That's my guy, dude. Can That's I drop an guy. Elijah Moore for top 20? Elijah Moore Elijah Moore is on my list last one little high but Terry McLaurin Terry with Fitz right Fitz made Devontae Parker a genuine wide receiver too and Terry McLaurin knows how to run a route with Samuel out no one else in the way it's just Logan Thomas and Gibson we are going to see Terry this year as a as a wide receiver one as you get him a wide receiver two amazing Wide receiver two, I like it there. Wide receiver one, I, got, I think you're in a little bit of trouble. Go ahead, Connor. I got a, I got one bold prediction. Okay. I think Jalen Hurts is going to flirt with top 10 fantasy quarterback. Did you mean Gardner Minshew? Or J- J- oh, Jalen Hurts. Oh, sorry. Sorry. All right. I'm talking about the guy that can throw the ball more than 40 yards. He, he was incredible to end the season, so I, I, I don't doubt it. Let's get to Sells. These are players that were probably drafted at the because you were going through your list. Saw this is where they were ranked. I'm going to take them. We recommend that you sell high on them now before they disappoint you. So, Ian, I'm going to throw to you. Who is your first sell? Well, 
I feel bad because I think for what it is, this guy is really, this guy's really carved out a, a super cool career, you know, fourth rounder, um, played at Duke, like obviously not a football school and he's carved out a really good career, but my sell right now is Jamison Crowder, you know, Crowder's going late. I know he's out right now. Crowder's going late. He's probably in, you know, the wide receiver four range. So it's like, it's not like it's a super big investment with Jamison Crowder, but this is more, I wanted to use this segment to say, don't take Jamison Crowder only because I think Elijah Moore is a super duper star. And I think that we're, we're going to talk about more. He's, he's going to be a different player, a much different player than this guy, but did go to the same school. I think we're going to see blow up AJ Brown type potential from Elijah Moore. And I just think Crowder with Davis on the other side, I just, I'm just not sure he fits into that. Now, maybe since they traded Chris Hernan, they don't have a tight end, maybe Crowder finds his way. But I think, you know, Crowder was able to sort of carve out this role as a playable, startable player in fantasy a lot because of volume. And I think that volume is going to go away. So I'm selling Crowder. If you're drafting someone who's taken after Amon Ross, St. Brown, Gabriel Davis, Jalen Rieger, probably, probably sell that guy. I like that. I like that. Connor, who's your sell? TJ Hawkinson. Ooh. I feel like, like if you're in a PPR Ooh. league, like sure, that's fine. You're going to get like above average production out of him. But some of these names that are below him are just ridiculous. Like it, people that are taking Hawk or reaching because they feel like they need some weird elite level tight end that's no longer available after that pick. And like, I get it. Like outside of Swift, like he probably is the lion's best weapon at the moment, but still it, you're taking him pretty high, man. Like there's a chance for volume there, but like there's also a chance for volume with Gronk, like we saw last night and you can get him in like the one thirty range. He's going tight end four. you got to, you got to be sure. You gotta. Yeah, be that's sure. the thing. That's like, are, are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want to do? <laughs> I you love sure that's it. what you want to spend your fifth round pick. I love it also can, because I just basically traded TJ Hawkinson for Trey Lance in our dynasty pool with Ian. So I love it even more there. But uh, uh, no, maybe it wasn't quite that that much. But I got a first round pick for him. It's all that matters. I love that. Right. I, I I think that's a perfect. He's the perfect answer for a good guy to sell. He was tight end eight yep. or nine last year, but yep. he's going tight end four. It's a lot to put. That's a lot. You'll be good, but you're talking value, right? Like you, you want to maximize your value in each round and each pick. I just, I don't think that matches up with where his ADP is. I, I think he's at a, he's at a spot where his ADP and what his value needs to be in order for him to take, like be taken there is borderline impossible. It's, it's impossible but, to match him. By the way, I have Hawkinson. I have Hawkinson and I agree. And we Ooh, haven't even okay. mentioned the fact that Jared Goff's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's putrid. Right. Like, if, I'm like, sorry. That, you know, I said last year that Goff is one of the five worst quarterbacks in the league. No one believed me. Sure enough, the Rams had to attach stuff to get rid of him. So I, I, I agree. I think I think we do this with tight ends far too frequently where we're like, we haven't seen the leap yet. So let's go ahead and guess it's going to be the year. And, and with tight ends, you just don't know. And I think, yeah, as, as the fourth tight end off the board, I'm sorry. That's far too rich. In, in redraft for, for someone like Hawkinson. Right. So I, I am in complete, complete, complete agreement on that. I, I do. I think there's other guys. I think at that point, if you're taking him fourth, take a different position. It's a really good point. Cause in dynasty he's 23 years old, 24 years old, whatever he is. Really, really good point. Take Logan, hey, take Logan Thomas two rounds later. Right. I have four, I have four in this category. So I'm going to do two right now. 
And then I'll circle back to myself a little bit later on. I have Raheem Mostert. It's kind of chalk, but he's going RB23. He's going ahead of guys like Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, and even Gus the bus before he got hurt. So I just don't see it. Guys made a glass. Sermon is definitely coming. I would I would not be comfortable with Mostert. Now, again, if, if you're getting him as a bench player or, or maybe even a, an extra flex, okay, but if he's RB1, RB2 for you, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, and then my second guy is actually Julio Jones. Uh, I love him. I love Julio. But why does he pick up the champs? I see. Okay. But why, but why receiver right. 16 is crazy. Y- you could pick, you know, y- y- right now, uh, going after him, you've got guys like Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett. Like, I would rather any of those dudes than Julio. If you want to go ahead and put Tyler Lockett in your lineup, I want you to feel the confidence to do so. Because Tyler Lockett is either going to throw up a 40 or a four. That's so, fine. I prefer that than eight games. And the guy like throws up four points. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I, but you're getting the same zeros from Julio. The I'm only difference ju- is I, I, I get Julio fucking Jones. Sorry, and by the way, sorry. I so named remember, one too many players. Sorry. Shoot. I don't, I don't disagree. The one thing I'll say about Julio, in his division, right, who they play a lot. I know. Who's, who's covering him? Uh, so on Jacksonville, you think Henderson's probably going to cover Brown. Yes. Right? So Julio's running wild. And it's not like Henderson's a lockdown. I mean, okay? running wild. So, he's 32 hang, years old. Hang on. Hang on. He's basically hang on. a tight end at this stage. Who's covering him in Houston? Well, Bradley Roby just got shipped to, to the Saints. Who's covering him? Who's covering him with Indianapolis? Again. Right? At the end of the day, I don't disagree. The injuries are a major concern. And wide receiver 16 is crazy for Julio Jones. I'm sorry. But it's crazy. Matters. It does the matter. Schedule matters. It does matter. It's crazy to take him wide receiver 16. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's crazy. So I, no arguments. Well, when he's when he's got, making Rocky sin, his son in week whatever <laughs> when they play the Colts, I'm just going to be here to tell you I told you so. That's fine. I, I'm and not he, saying he, he should finishes, go in the top 16, if but he, he finishes, is a top 20. Okay. Great. Great. I think the Titans having two wide receivers that have to be doubled up on is just going to make Derrick Henry feast. You do not need to double Julio Jones anymore. Stop it. Stop it. You do not need to double Julio. He wasn't even doubled last year. It was Calvin Ridley. Stop it. Both of you. You guys are out of your minds. Out of your minds. Okay. Julio, you heard it here. Julio's going to produce wide receiver one this year. He's going to be wide receiver one numbers this year. Perfect. I cannot wait for that not to happen. I think it's going to make Derrick Henry the running back number one. I think he's going to rush for 2,500 yards. Yeah, that's the other piece. That's what I think going to that's hey, what I'm, I'm sorry. Like, he doesn't gonna have, have so much hope over the top. Like it's just Derrick Henry's going to have all that room. I, I and uh, I agree with you hundred percent, Connor. That was the other thing that I wrote down was the, was the Derrick Henry factor. Absolutely. This is not Edo Smith and the uh, formerly known uh, Todd Gurley in the backfield. This is Derrick Henry. Okay. Julio Jones is a sell. I'm sorry. He's a sell. Okay. Ian, let's see it. Let's, let's get through this. We only got a couple more minutes. Tell me your last two cells. So there's one I want to save to the end because this piece of shit definitely, definitely deserves to be last. But I am selling almost everyone on the Giants, but definitely Evan Engram and Kenny Galladay. I I just, I want no part of that mess, right? I mean, Evan Engram somehow made the Pro Bowl last year, which is laughable considering he (laughs) barely played. And when he did, he was invisible. It's like the people that vote on this stuff don't watch the games. And... You know, I think Galladay, 
what's what's Galladay's ADP right now? Do we know? Yeah, I got it right here. Um, Galladay's ADP right now is 29, wide receiver 29, 74th overall. So we're talking about a starter. And I'm sorry until I see it. I'm just not convinced. You know, he's a starter. He missed a lot of camp. Apparently, you know, he's talking to reporters about how he doesn't have chemistry yet with Daniel Jones, which is hard to have chemistry with Daniel Jones because he's so bad. Yeah. Like, don't tell reporters that. <laughs> and and look, like, there's, there's so many guys. There's so many guys, right? Like Slayton, Kadarius Tony, Evan Engram, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Booker, Sterling Shepard. Like, that's just a lot. Kyle Rudolph. There's a lot of dudes there. Like, and it, by the way, normally I wouldn't care because there's a million people in Tampa Bay, but Tom makes it work. There's a million people in Dallas, but but Zeke make or but Dak makes it work. It's Daniel this, Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah. If if you are going to target Kenny Gallon and Everett Ingram, all the best. I, I just don't see it. And and look, if if you're if you're a Kenny guy, and I love Kenny in a vacuum, but you need Kenny to dominate in the red zone like he did with Stafford. You're not gonna get that with Jones. Jones doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. You know, when we get in the when they get in the red zone, it's gonna be Barkley time and it's gonna be dump off time. And that, you know, they're going to have to get creative unless, or it's going to be Jones rushing. So to me, Galladay is an absolute, if he is a starter on your roster, it is a massive sell. You need to have other options for Kenny Galladay. And if he is a starter, you the next pick, you need to get a wide receiver to cover yourself. So I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said and agree, and agree with you for two seconds. And I'm going to say one nice thing about Kenny Galladay in this situation. One nice thing. So one, just like wait around and get Antonio Brown or a round and a half and get Antonio Brown. One. Uh, I mean, I, I and there are a lot of pools that's going pick. even later than that. Yep. Just you could literally wait one or two rounds and get Antonio Brown and you're going to get more production out of him this year. Nice thing about Kenny Galladay last year, the Giants had, I think it was the highest deep throw completion percentage in the league. And Kenny Galladay in 2019 had the highest contested catch rate, uh, rate in the league. That's uh, nice. Just a nice thing for Kenny. Just nice thing for that's all. I want yeah, to say nice also, thing for Kenny. He also had Matt Stafford, who again is not Joe Montana, but he's also not Daniel Jones. I'll throw my yes. last two out there quickly. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's going QB four. Don't take him QB four. Don't. I battled with this because he. It also is basically just him now. So it could just be mm-hmm. him running wild. But don't take Lamar Jackson QB4. Don't, don't. And again, we say don't take Lamar Jackson QB4. We know you've all finished your fantasy drafts. We get it. If you took him QB4, please look to get value. Please look to get value out of it. And yes, you're terrible at this. (laughs) And finally, uh, Joe Burrow. I hate myself. But QB13, he, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm, I'm fucking scared. I'm fucking scared. QB 13 is, is way, way too high. I know it's still a backup quarterback, but I, I guess stash him. But, you know, if you could flip him for Baker and some stuff, like flip him for Baker and some stuff. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, Connor, any more guys before we move on to picks? Uh, yeah, Noah Fant. I already mentioned him kind of before, but there's so many mouths to feed there that I just, I, I don't get You're it. Hating, again. You either hate or love tight ends. I think you've had. Like I, Iowa tight ends are having a tough go today. It's yeah, Iowa goal. tight ends are having a really tough go. All right, uh, I just, I don't. It, it's just tough. I mean, like, like you guys said, unless you have someone like Dak or Brady, and you can, you actually can feed multiple mouths. Like, I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater to get four different targets 
the volume <laughs> that they need for me. Like I just, I don't, and I love Teddy Bridgewater. Like I'm one of those weird Teddy defenders on Twitter. Like I just, I, I don't trust him to get that volume for fan for you to get Ted, your value. Ted, in that pick. Teddy's a two guy max, right? So, you know, if totally. you're betting on if you're betting on Fant, it means you think one of one or both of Sutton or Judy are going to be bad, right? Yep. So, if you're going to bet on that, and and by the way, I personally wouldn't bet on that. Sutton's already showed he's a thousand plus yards receiver. Judy was an absolute animal in college, and Judy got better as the year went on. So, unless you're betting on that, it's a no. My last guy is now you're never going to draft this person. He won't even be on your radar because he's such a piece of shit. But the guy I'm going, he, I'm going to lead into is a guy you will potentially draft. And the guy I'm talking about is Adam Shaheen. And you may not know who Adam Shaheen is, and you shouldn't because he's a blocking tight end for the Dolphins. And he's a real piece of shit. But his, his Twitter bio says, I will not comply because he's one of these people that decides that wearing a mask makes you a pussy. So he thinks that all of a sudden that, you know, you know, the man's not going to make me wear my mask. So that's Adam Shaheen for you. The problem with Adam Shaheen is that he plays for the Dolphins. And who else plays for the Dolphins is Mike Gesicki. And while Gesicki also has not been vaccinated, he's going to be exposed to that in that tight end room all year. So forget about the fact that the Dolphins have legit legit like eight pass catchers okay that are all that are all worthy of some sort of consideration between Gaskin Parker Grant Fuller Preston Williams Jalen Waddell Albert Wilson I mean Christ how many how many receivers do they have so Gesicki's already sort of on the wrong side but add in the fact that he plays with Adam Shaheen He's going to be exposed to this nonsense all the time and hasn't been vaccinated. You could also be dealing with missed games. Kasiki is undraftable at this point. It is a non-starter. And this is a guy who likes Kasiki and thinks that he is a really solid tight end and loves his athleticism. It's a non-starter. Avoid Kasiki at all costs. And I, think, and I think you bring up the most important point of this year's NFL fantasy. And that is no which of your players have been vaccinated Yep. because the NFL this year is not playing around. If you did not get vaccinated and you get COVID or you are exposed to someone looking with COVID, at you, Deandre Hopkins, you are missing 10 days, right? Lamar Jackson's another Lamar one. Jackson's another one, right? You are missing 10 days. So it doesn't matter. That's potentially two games. It doesn't matter if Christian McCaffrey, when he plays, is the most productive running back in the NFL, even though technically Austin Eckler is when he plays. But if if it's Christian McCaffrey, if Christian McCaffrey isn't playing, it doesn't help you. So please make sure that you check to make sure that the players that you are trying to buy are vaccinated because it does help this year. Ian, Connor. Oh, at, we, at least if it's a tie. If it is a tie. If it, a tie or close. Between, right. Yeah, if it's a tie, if it's a tie, I'm sorry, I'm leaning against the guy who is protected versus the guy who isn't protected. And it's not, you know, that's not me being mean to people that decide not to get it. No, it's not a political thing. But I have plenty of time to do that. If you're not getting it, you're being a tool. But But, again, it's not a political thing, but what this is, is it's it's realist. This is is reality. Legit logic. if If they are exposed, they miss 10 days. If you have a vaccine, you get two rapid tests. If you're good, you're good, you play. That's it. It's done. Uh, Connor, do you have anything to say before we move on? I had one more sell. Let's do it. 
uh, Russell Wilson, because I hate that damn roller coaster if you've got him on your team where you start the year super hot and you're like, hell yeah, I have a potential MVP on my team. This is sick. Like, a, I got him at a really good value. He's legit Tyler Lockett. He, have, he is Tyler Lockett. He's quarterback Tyler Lockett. It's the most may, annoying thing. Only, Ty, instead or, of it being a random game with a zero, it's like a string of five where he's just like, I can't believe Mr. Unlimited didn't do this shit. Or no, maybe fuck Ty, you. Or like, maybe Tyler is, Lockett is Tyler Lockett. Because he has Russell Wilson. Is it the chicken Maybe, and the, it's the chicken and the egg thing? I have Russell Wilson on two fantasy teams, and my goal is to trade him by week, by, by week eight. Go, yeah, week goal. eight. That's, that's my goal. That's my goal. <laughs> uh, we got it. We got to move on. We've only got 10 or 15 minutes here. We are doing this again this year. We are going to give six picks a week. We're going to do the Thursday game. This week, we're not, obviously. We're going to do the Thursday game. We're going to do the Sunday night game. We're going to do the Monday night game. And we're going to pick three others that we are going to try and pick. Ian and I are obviously going up against each other. We're going to cycle in friends of the show, like Murph, like Coach Ryan, like Tom, like Tomes. And then we'll also be doing a few different things on the podcast where we're going to have other guests come on that we may not be talking about football on the football episode, but we are going to get them to do their picks as well, which means they will all be in a combined pool. We're going to see who did the best. We're going to keep track. We're going to put it on social media. We're going to make sure that you guys can see, laugh at us, make some money off of us, chirp us if you lose money because we're wrong, which is probably what's going to happen. But we are going to do these picks. We only have 10 minutes. So there's six games. Let's try and get through them as quickly as we can. And if we're going to get through any quickly, it's week one because we don't really know jack shit about what's going to be happening. So the first game that we are talking about is the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Washington to play the football team. The Washington football team is getting a point at home. Connor, who are you taking, the Chargers or the football team? Give me the Chargers. They're healthy. Second year for their quarterback situation. Washington's first real game with their quarterback situation. Like, Yes, you have a veteran in the room, but there's still like there's still a feeling out process that has to happen. It's just going to take time. You know, I think Washington's probably the second best team in their division, but give me the healthy Chargers. Done. Easy. I just swallowed a burp. That was sick. Cut that. Is that clear playing? Yeah. I don't he's think it playing. really matters. He's playing. So then who are you taking in? Look. I never like West Coast flying East Coast ever. I don't care if you've had eight months to prepare, which, you know, Washington, which uh, the Chargers have. I, I don't like it. It's 10 a.m. for them. I don't care how long you've been there. Um, so add that in. That's number one. Number two is Rashawn Slater is going to get introduced to Chase Young and Montez Sweat real fast. And if you ever want your welcome to the NFL moment, go against those two. And, you know, I, I think the matchup to watch is that we're going to find out really fast if Derwin James is healthy. If Derwin's healthy, the Derwin-Logan-Thomas matchup is going to be amazing. Amazing. Be because Tom, Thomas is that big, you know, bruising athlete type. You know, and maybe not the most polished. So to watch that with Derwin, and by the way, if you're a football fan, you're a Derwin James fan. It's just a fact. It is a fact of life. That guy's an animal. To me, I like Fitz to have a game. I don't know how, you know, when Eckler does play, how any of those linebackers are, are, are going to deal with him. That's why I'm sort of in the middle to me. I got to go with my gut. It's Washington. It's Washington. Wh what linebacker, what linebacker on the chargers between Kaiser, Wright And Kenneth Murray, which one of them is going to deal with Antonio Gibson. Good luck with that. You literally took every point that I had chargers revamped their entire offensive line this season, but they have to deal with sweat and chase young. 
what Fitzpatrick is going to show up. This is offense for first defense. Eckler's hamstring while he is playing, still not a great sign. And if this was week four, this would be an automatic pick Washington because they had a week to prepare. They flew across the country. Agreed. I never liked that. I don't I'm, like take, I'm taking the point at home. I'm taking the defense. I'm taking Washington. I'm taking Fitzpatrick to have like four touchdown passes and everyone freaking out about how great he is. And then three weeks from now, he throws five picks. So I'm taking Washington plus the point. This is a stay away for me. This is a watch and see what we have. Another stay away, in my opinion, is the Steelers at the Bills. What to expect here? Bills are in the top tier of Super Bowl favorites. The Steelers may not have an offensive line. TJ Watt's getting more money than Aaron Donald. Egregious. 6.5 is a lot, though. It's a lot. It's a lot. Now, uh, this is one. There's only one question. I would. Go ahead. There's only one question. Where is Ben Roethlisberger at? Is yeah. he one of the 15 best quarterbacks? Is he one of the 20 best Probably quarterbacks? Probably on a motorcycle right now. Right? Or or not going to go there. I think the problem with this matchup is that if you believe Josh Allen is this version of Josh Allen, then six and a half points is not enough. The Bills should smash Pittsburgh. Should smash Pittsburgh. I, I don't care. I, I don't care if TJ Watt is, you know, driving a Corvette around those edges. If you believe that Ben is even remotely healthy, take the points. Personally, I think the Steelers team is trash. Buffalo. And I think that this is another key point. Even when Big Ben was a top five, top seven quarterback, he was bad on the road. He's been bad on the road for Good over point. a half decade. He, he just has been. He'll, he'll keep things cold, but... <clears throat> you weren't streaming him in fantasy on the road. Let's just put it that way after coming off the mm-hmm. fantasy talk. For gambling purposes, this is a stay and away. And- defense, I think, improved a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think the offensive line is, is for Pittsburgh is going to be a thing. Everyone's excited to see Najee Harris. This, to me, is a wait and see. I would not gamble on this game. Do not put the Bills in a, in a teaser because Pittsburgh can definitely come in there and win this. Um, I, but unlike that, I like the Bills to win, but I am going to take the Steelers' points. I think they, that the back door, uh, the back door cover here is very much a real thing. The Bills covered like six of six of seven or six of eight at home last year. I hate this pick, but f- I'm taking the Steelers. Connor, hey, what, what one quick um, thing, Greg Russo, he's going to get introduced to Big Ben real fast. This guy, this guy, lock it in. Greg Russo is going to be the best edge rusher from the 2021 draft. He's really good. I hate Miami. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, um, you know, Big Ben's toast. So, so like, this is easy. Just take the Bills. Don't be stupid. The Bills are at home. Bet it. I'm not even saying don't bet it and wait and see. Ben's done. He's toast. Bye. See ya. Watch him throw for 400 yards. All right. Watch him throw for 400 after this, but so still, then, uh, whatever. Ben's done. <laughs> ben, Ben's toast. The Bills are going to cover. They're, they're it, simple, done, easy, Bills. I'm sticking with the Steelers. I was going to change my pick, but I'm sticking with the Steelers. Let's go to the you need to, a quarterback to win games. Let's go to the game of the weekend. The Browns at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are getting six and a half at home. Ian, why don't you take this one away? Questions, concerns, thoughts? What do you think about the Browns and the Chiefs matchup? 
the first thing we got to talk about is what's OBJ's status because this Kansas City secondary can be exploited. It really, really can. I mean, if you, I think it was Gabe Davis on Buffalo was like going off in that AFC championship game last year. So, you know, they are susceptible to that. So what's OBJ's status? You know, I've already talked about how, how I love Baker, but I, I think when you, when you talk about this matchup, it's, it's got to come down to, can Miles Garrett be the defensive player of the year? Can he take his level of play to the, you know, the Donald, you know, just below Donald, but like that uber, uber elite level where we're like, that's the guy, the same way that JJ was the guy in the same way that, you know, on and on down the line. Can, if he can get there, then I think they're susceptible. Kansas City has, has totally rebuilt their offensive line. You know, I, I think the re, without Sammy Watkins, all jokes aside, you know, they are relying on McCauley Harbin a lot, like a lot, a lot. So I, I just think there is some, some holes here. And, I, and look, you want to talk, talk about winning in winning words dirty. The Browns defensive line, the Browns offensive line are fantastic. Fantastic. With all of that said, <laughs> no, I you're don't not. Like you're not betting against Mahomes at home in Week One when he's healthy and mad that he lost the Super Bowl. I think this is a statement. This is a statement, and honestly, I think it's a statement bit slapped by the Chiefs. I would take this one at a touchdown. I honestly cannot add to that. It's exactly the way that I feel. This is Mahomes at home in the opening game against the, oh, the Browns are at the same level as the Chiefs. They're frisky. They're going to win the AFC. No, no, no. Mahomes is going to come out and shit on these guys. There's a roadmap, though. I mean, Oh, Baker, of course there is. No, Baker no, no. Hold on. To, oh, no, Baker hold on. needs oh, to not turn the ball over, and Miles Garrett needs to, like, welcome himself to, like, oh, that level. Of course. And the Chiefs are starting two rookies on offensive line, which should be fine, uh, against Miles Garrett. The, the Jadavian Clowney factor. Clowney. That's a thing, even though I think he's criminally overrated. I also think that when he, we spoke a lot about Zeke when he actually is engaged. When Clowney's engaged, he's a he's an absolute problem. But again, when we look at the playoffs, before Mahomes got hurt, the Chiefs were up 22-10. This is basically the same Browns team. Some small upgrades. I'm sorry, I'm, take, I'm taking Mahomes at home. Connor? Player to watch, if you yeah, like defense, I, I, watch John Johnson. Watch John Johnson on Cleveland. I don't even think this is Super Bowl pissed off. I think this is the Chiefs are going to be pissed off that people are talking about the Browns in the same breath as them because of what happened last season. In the that, playoffs. That's my point, like Connor. A hundred percent. Like one hundred percent. I legit just I think they're going to go out there. And they're just going to be like, we're just going to steamroll these guys. Fuck them. Like we're going to run it up. We're going to try to score seventy. Like we dare you to catch us. We dare you to beat us to seventy. I dare you. It's going to be like a weird NBA mentality with the score. Like they're going to run it up like crazy because they want to kill any confidence that that team has. Cause I guarantee you they're pissed off at how that game went, even though they won. Can I ask you guys a question? When's the sure. last time the Cleveland Browns won a season opener? Oh, my God. even better question. How old were you? I would say 2001. So you were nine. I was 11. Oh, right. I was nine. I'm not your age. Yeah. I was nine. Connor, what do you think? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you a non-sarcastic guess. <laughs> the last no time, now, 
Sean knowing Browns, you know, how horrible they've been. It's almost remarkable. They're like the Lions. But he actually overshot it. So it's 2004, and the quarterback was Jeff Garcia. So oh, I thought it would have been like am, the Derek Anderson years or something. I am a Browns believer. I think Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cleveland are the class of the AFC. I don't think it's close after that. I think the drop-off is so steep. But Pat is mad, man. Pat is mad. And I, and I think I think Travis Kelsey is going to go bananas because Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, bless their, you know, Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, doesn't matter. He's going to go crazy. It's Chiefs. Oh. All right, let's get to the last three here. We got the shit bowl. We got, and I put this in here because we're probably not going to talk about these teams the rest of the season. We have the Urban Myers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, against the Deshaun Watsons, the Houston Texans. Um, uh, to Rod Taylor. Oh, I know. Do you dare take the points with either of these teams? Because I'm going to. I'm taking the Jags. <laughs> this game is diarrhea. This game is genuine diarrhea. This is when we if look If you back. catch yourself watching this game on Sunday, you have issues and you need to, unless it comes by on red zone, you have issues and you need to talk to somebody about these issues. Will the Jacksonville Jaguars be favored against any other team this season? Yes or no? Do they play the Jets? Well, no, they'll play Houston again at home. The Jets would absolutely be favored. I think that if they played the Lions, the Lions, like that is maybe the only other team in the NFL that they would be favored against, but I don't think they play the NFC North this year. And yet there are Brandon the, Cooks is their number one receiver. And yet, and honestly, the dude was like wide receiver 14 last year, which is absolutely asinine to me. I'm taking the Jags. Fuck it. Uh, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are going to come out of this thing looking great. And yet I'm going to wake up on Monday morning going, I can't believe I took the points with the J or, or I laid the points with the Jaguars when I could have just taken a three point underdog at home. But here we are. I'm, I'm betting against the guy who was stabbed. LaVisca Chanel is going like, to have like 250 receiving yards. He's going to, he is going to become the new Sammy Watkins where every year week one, he goes absolutely bananas. At the end of the day, when a game is this much diarrhea, you need to pick whoever you think has more better players. And more better, says, more better more players. Better players. Like, they, like the, the players aren't great, but they're like better. They're better who than has that. the least so, amount of cock on their pants. Like <laughs> Jacksonville is just like less bad. It's Jacksonville. Okay. So we're taking Jacksonville. Are you taking Jacksonville, Connor, or do you just hate Urban Meyer so much that you're going to take Houston? Oh, my God. It's in Houston? Yes. It's in Houston. I'm taking Jacksonville because there's a real chance that Houston might be the worst NFL team I've watched the last 15 years. Like, it's just – it's it's they're so bad, dude. They're so bad. They're so bad. They're so bad. I can't say they're so bad so many times. Really quick. Who's the starting running back for Houston? Mark Ingram. So not David Johnson. Not nope. Philip Lindsay. Ingram's going to see the first two downs for at least the first five games. <laughs> Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson. Could you imagine gonna, two years gonna, ago? This would be, be like so dank. This would be like the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. Uh, next game, the Bears at the Rams. The Rams laying seven and a half at home. Um, word of advice. If you are into teasers, please tease this game. Because if you can get the Rams at home 
in primetime against Andy Dalton. You put Andy Dalton in primetime, and all you have to do is win the game. Please do that. I'm interested to see, Connor, is seven and a half too much? No, I think it's very rare that you see a player that's this late in his career that finally gets to have a coming out party. <laughs> I think Stafford's going to have this weird coming out party that he probably should have had five years ago. And he's going to thrive in it and he's going to love every moment of it. And I think that they're another team that's going to run up the score because McVay wants to prove that he was right in bringing in Stafford and then shipping away golf. Like McVay's McVay would sell his soul to make sure they score 60 points in that game. I think that when we have this conversation in February, that, or maybe late January, I think that the team in Los Angeles is going to be the team that represents the NFC in the Super Bowl. You put Stafford with this defense, man. Aaron Donald is maybe the best football player outside of Tom Brady that I've ever seen in my entire life. And this Bears line is all over the place. Like they just signed Jason Peters and he's legit seven years older than Sean. Seven older than Sean. So like, this is this is just not good. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald is, this is, by the way, this is exactly why Dalton's the starter, right? They can dress it up however they want. They didn't want Justin Fields getting like legit thrown through the field by Aaron Donald. This is yeah, the Rams. And I realize I'm taking all favorites. This is the Rams. Although I, in fantasy, sell Daryl Henderson. It, well, yeah. What about Sony Michelle? You're going to sell him too? No, I'm buying Michelle. Who's the other guy? Um, he's taking Malcolm the seventh Brown? round. No, seventh round. Malcolm Brown doesn't play there anymore. He's, he's in, in the seventh round. He's out of Maryland. Come on, Connor. He's got a great name. He's got a great <laughs> name. Anyways, I'll let you stew on it. I'm going to take the Bears. Jake Funk? Yes, Jake Funk. I'm going to take Not the Bears. I had to Google Jake that one. Funk. Uptown Jake, you funk. I cannot ex- express to you how much I'm going to tease the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams. Like, I'm going to do that. I just, I think seven and a half is too high. Like, I think the Rams have great defensive players, but do they have a great defense? I think that's, I think that's a fair question. Ian and I talked about that last year as well. I think the Stafford hype train is getting way out of control. Like, I think that this is a great situation for him. I think that he's going to be really good. And again, I could be proven wrong. I, but we're buying a lot of the Bears guys. Like I like I love Darnell Mooney. We love Allen Robinson. I know it's Andy Dalton. I do not think the Bears are going to win, but I think that they're going to backdoor cover. And honestly, I'm going to ask you this really quick: If Justin Fields was starting this game and it was seven and a half, would either of you take the Bears? Yes or no? To cover, not to win. No, kinda. So mm, I don't know. It's okay, close. then you then you guys should definitely Dalton stick with definitely the Rams. Fields definitely gives you like. A few points. Just remember in week one, in the first eight weeks, underdogs are extremely valuable. They outright win a lot of the time. I don't think this is one of those. We saw it last night with, with the Cowboys. I think the Bears cover. I think they keep it close. I, it can honestly be 14, and then all of a sudden it's a touchdown at the end of the game, and they're kneeling. And, it's, and the, the, the Rams won like 21-14. And I'm, and I'm, yeah, like the Rams the let them score just so they can get the ball and then they kneel. And then it's over. And, and that's what I'm saying. Seven and a half, I think, is just too high for a team that has a brand new quarterback, doesn't have a running back. I, I just think it's too high. Let's get to the last game. The Ravens are visiting the Raiders. This is the first game in Las Vegas. This is a Monday night affair. 
It was four and a half. That's what we have on our sheet, but it did drop to four. Guys, I'm not even breaking this down. Plus four at home in a new stadium with those psycho Las Vegas fans. Give me the points. I'm sorry. Sorry, Lamar. Is anyone else with me on the Raiders? Am I the only one who's going to have the balls to take underdogs this week? Or are you guys just going all chalk? No, this is easy because we don't even know who's going to like who's going to get the majority of the touches for the Ravens. Like at running back, who's going to get them like the majority of the touches? Like that's a like Latavius losing. Murray. That's a yeah, probably. But even that, right? You bring a guy in the same week and he's supposed to like have a similar workload to what Gus Bus was going to have. Like, I just, didn't we watch the Raiders do this last year against Kansas City? I don't know that it was week one. It was week one or week two. No, no, it was like, like it was like week four, and the Raiders like blatantly winning the entire game. The Chiefs like came back and won by one point or something. Who did the they play home? early in the season last year when they like they won the, their first game at Allegiant and Derek Carr made sure he signed a pillar like that meant something and they couldn't paint over it later. Yes. Was it the Steelers? No. It could, I, no, I, no, no, I, 100% I you're Kansas right. City. It was a Monday night game. I don't think it was Kansas City, but it, you could be right. I just, I, I've seen this. I feel bad for Ravens fans. I feel bad for the Ravens, but like what's happened to them injury-wise like sucks. Like not just losing the running backs, but losing a key defensive starter sucks to a non-contact injury. I just did. I don't know if they'll win, but the Raiders are going to cover. And like John Gruden, like got an unhealthy obsession with, with football. Like he's been, I guarantee you he's been studying the Ravens on tape since they announced the schedule. Like I get, I guarantee you that's all he's watched. Hmm. To me, I just think this Raiders defense is disgusting. <laughs> I think it's disgusting. I think, honestly, no. all kidding aside. And, like, I come on this podcast to, like, joke around and have fun with you guys. But what Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing to the Las Vegas Raiders is disgusting. We, I say we. This is an organization that traded Khalil Mack and then four or five years later tried to get him back because they realized it was such a mistake. Got all these draft picks. Traded um Mari Cooper was another one and we turned those guys into like Cleveland Farrell and Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs and you know a bunch of dudes that probably aren't on the team anymore and it's it's horrible this team is disgusting it's disgusting and like sure Josh Jacobs is cool I, I what do they do well Josh Jacobs is cool what do they do well Right, Derek Carr is below average at best. Right, the the wide receiver core is like Rugs and Brian Edwards. Congratulations, Darren Waller is a genuine king, and then everything else is like hot garbage. So I just don't understand how we could go into a season and willingly take them to win anything. I, I don't care what the spread is. I, I don't care. I'd rather not bet it than bet for the Raiders. They are disgusting. This spread is four. It should be a thousand. Baltimore, lock, lock, in stone. Lamar Jackson may run for 7,000 yards in this game. He may break, like, all all records in every sport combined. I mean, he's got to be their leading rusher at the end of the year, so it's very possible. That is definitely for sure. I actually am the opposite of you. I actually am the most confident about picking the Raiders of any of the picks that we have this week. I'm the most confident about this pick. Mark Andrews is going to, like – Who's covering Mark Andrews? I'm not doing this. We're not doing this. Where I have to then dive into the cookie bank of every defensive player on the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, just to see who's going to cover. As a Raider fan, I can tell you there isn't anybody. But then I was right because I didn't have to name anyone. 
I look at this as uh, it's just one of those things. You know, Connor was right. Week two, they beat the Saints. And I think Derek Carr is actually better than below average. I think it, I was talking to Connor before the podcast, before he signed on. I actually had him as a buy. He was is he my, the 18th best quarterback. Is he, he the was, 15th? He, he was QB 12 last year in fantasy. Yeah, but fantasy, I'm not worried about I fantasy. know that. I know that. But I, he took him to eight and eight last year. I'm not saying that's great. They drafted Henry Ruggs to be a field stretcher a la Tyreek Hill. I do but not the, disagree. But the quarterback, the quarterback that they employ doesn't throw that far. I, I that's an indictment. Well, they of, drafted a field stretcher in the first round, and the Broncos got KJ Hamler in like the third. See, <laughs> I, right I don't disagree with your with your opinion of Mike Mayock. I think the guy is a turd. Is a turd. I would. I, 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 I miss him writing. I and I love him as a GM the because it, it drives because it drives you absolutely crazy. Again, for some reason, that's the one I'm most comfortable in. Because those Vegas fans are going to make this thing an absolute nightmare. An absolute nightmare for a dude who has not proven that he can do anything in prime time. So let's just do a quick let's just do a quick recap here. We have the Chargers at Washington plus one. Ian and I are both on Washington. Ian, you picked the dog. There you go. Connor's on the Chargers. Steelers at Bills. Uh, Bills minus six and a half. Ian and Connor are with the Bills. I'm with the Steelers for some reason. Browns at Chiefs. We're all on the Chiefs. Jaguars at Houston. We're all on the Jags. Bears at Rams. Connor and Ian are on the Rams. I'm on the Bears. Ravens at Raiders. Ian is on the Ravens. Connor and I are on the Raiders. Connor, this this has been an episode that we have long been looking forward to. It's been almost two months since we've been on here. Ian and I are going to do this every week. We're going to make time. There's a lot going on in our lives. That's, That's been the difference. But what we need to figure out is time that we can find an hour, at least an hour a week, hopefully two to do this but before we let you go give us two college picks right now so ian can go eat his dinner all right really quick i love texas and arkansas arkansas has been trying to schedule texas for forever because they fucking hate them i don't think that texas loves that they're going to be playing them but i think they weirdly scheduled them a couple of years ago because they've been trying to jockey for this sec positioning for a while seven seven points that's it I think they're going to cover. I think it's going to be great. Uh, second one, Ohio State, I think, is going to pump Oregon, and it's literally because Thibodeau is going to be I, – I don't know that Thibodeau is going to be 100%, and he is the only difference between that team actually having a chance in this game and Ohio State just running right through them. So I think Ohio State covers too. Oregon, Oregon doesn't belong in the same universe. No. No. I, they, you could talk me into Thibodeau having the game of his life, and we all – talk on monday and we're like holy crap that guy's insane and they cover they don't win they cover but if thibbo is not 100 they don't have a shot what's the spread 14 and a half points 14 and a half wait hold on hold yep. you, on oh my god connor hold we on. can t- we can tease ohio texas san francisco and the rams and be like plus 320 we're gonna be rich <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Oregon I, wants I, I, to be like, the Pac-12 repre- representative in the in the playoff. You are a 14 and a half point underdog. Why does your conference exist? At home? Are they at home? No. No, they're in Doesn't matter. They're you're home. you are a top you're supposed to be a top tier team. That is inexcusable. Last yeah, point. I like Ohio State's going to cover Texas is going to cover. Texas is going to be on this weird, like, we need to show Arkansas that they suck kick because we hate them from the old Southwest Conference days. Last point. 
Connor, how's it being a dad? I'm tired. How are you? Exhausted. Carter started school this week. It's been a grind. Speaking of grinds, we did it. We made it through. We made it through. (laughs) We made it through a comeback edition of the From the Stands podcast. Ian, sign us off. We've missed you. We love you. And holy shit, football's back. See you on Sunday for seven hours. Of